drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Detroit Kool-Aid. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Derek Okri. This is going to be a great show. We are going to have, I think I, I think we're just going to do a straight-up live call-in from Logan Lamarandier of Sports Illustrated All Lions, calling in the Kool-Aid hotline, which is 989-272-3484. I'm going to get into some topics before he dials up here. And uh, talk all things Lions. When Logan gets on, I might put him to the test, give him some this or that's, maybe some over-unders, put him on the spot a little bit. But before we get into it, I mean, let me go ahead and fill up that glass with that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. <laughs> now, the, the first topic I want to get into today is Devin Funches. Now, it had just broke before I recorded the last episode that he got signed by the Lions as a tight end. And I said I was, you know, excited or, or liked that signing a little bit. Um, so I just want to talk about him a little bit more. Now, what do I think he can actually do for the Lions? I mean, as a tight end, he's definitely going to be more of a pass catcher. Obviously, I don't see Devin Funches in line blocking whatsoever. But flexed out, I, I really see him as a nice red zone piece for uh, the football team. I was looking at his numbers and I was a little surprised because I always thought Funchy had a pretty good NFL career. You know, he was a, oh, can we call him a star at Michigan? I mean, he's a really good wide receiver, always seemed to show up week after week, make plays, one of the bigger names, leaders when he was there at the University of Michigan. But, like, I'm looking at 2015, 16, 17, 18 with the Carolina Panthers. I thought he had bigger years, especially when it comes to fantasy football. Like, he's at 31 catches, 23, then he pops up to 63. Um, you know, those those numbers just kind of surprised me because I thought he had at least a bigger year in there with another really good second year. I mean, but one thing you're looking from Devin Funches is touchdowns. You got five, you got four, you got eight, that's his big year, and then you got four again. And then since then, both of like the Colts and, you know, that team from Wisconsin, you know, the Cheddarheads, the Mozzarella Sticks, like, I mean, he, he didn't he didn't see the field much, he didn't play, he, got, he had the COVID season, he had all this stuff going on. So, you know, I, I see if he can make it and he's in the right headspace, maybe he's a nice pass catcher with the Lions, you know, whether you love Brock Wright or not. And a lot of high praise about Mitchell, the rookie they took at tight end. But, I mean, if he has a credible camp, I mean, could this guy be a pass-catching tight end in that rotation with T.J. Hawkinson? <laughs> I mean, 
I don't see why not, but I also think, you know, it'll probably come down to how healthy is he, how in shape is he, um, is he a real playmaker in the passing game, and if he's not a big difference maker there, you know, I think it'd be hard for him to sort of make the roster when it's all said and done, but I think it's a sneaky signing. I'm optimistic, as I always am here on the Kool-Aid cast, but we'll just sort of wait and see what Devin Funches becomes or doesn't become here for the team. The next topic I want to talk about was Josh Pascal. And the thing I'm wondering is how much can he help this team early? And the reason I ask that is because a lot of people, you know, they took this guy in the second round, pick 46. You know, he's a highly touted player for what he does. He's a penetrating big defensive end that gets after the quarterback, can also impact the run game. But I feel like he's being sold short because there's not all these great articles coming about about how great he was in many camps or the fact that he didn't sign right away or the fact that he's been a little bit injured. You know, people seem to just be pushing this guy down the depth chart. And I think the Lions took this guy to be a heavy rotational piece early. Um, and then, you know, a, a, a building block for this football team for years to come. So... I I could see him coming along a bit slower as a rookie, I guess. But if you really want to drink that Detroit Kool-Aid, I mean, I would be high on Josh Pascal. Brad Holmes seemed to love him. Dan Campbell kept saying, man, we got some real dudes. And he was in that mix, obviously, with their second um, round pick. So I, I'm still very high on this player. I think he can set the edge. I think get after the quarterback. I think he can uh, be stiff in the run game. I think he can... Uh, he's got a great motor, you know, great kid, top to bottom. I just really like everything I see about him. You know, again, was he at the top of my draft list at that point when they took him? No. Did I hear that he could be a second, third round type player? Yes. Um, and I think he's just going to be a really nice player for the Lions. I mean, you really start putting all those guys up front together, and it's a nice young unit that I think could do some things. So Josh Pascal, he's not getting a lot of love right now, but I think if he's healthy – and he puts on the pads and then starts playing in preseason games and early in the year. Detroit's really going to like this player a lot from top to bottom, no question about it. The next thing I had on my docket was, what about the safeties this year? You know, we've just been really rough on that back end, either when it comes to Tracy maybe, you know, knocking his hands on any footballs, making a lot of tackles downfield, Will Harris just being an abomination in coverage. And who's with me still on this Will Harris hype? How does a guy go that can't cover worth a damn at safety or anywhere on the football field for that matter to, oh, man, they, he's a great corner. Man, he's great in coverage. Uh, I mean, maybe if they just tell him to guard the guy in front of him, that helps sort things out for him. But you guys know I've sort of lost my confidence, my optimistic view on Will Harris based on what I've seen on the football field. But moving him out maybe helps these safeties. You move Deshaun Elliott in there. Um, that, that could be a good thing as well. And then you got backups. You know, you got the you got the young kid. You got Kirby in there. And Kirby's a guy that I think has all the personality in the world. He's got a lot of ball hawking, playmaking skills, which is nice. But, again, he's a rookie, you know. Uh, I'm very high on all rookies. I think they're going to be great. I love the op the uh, upside, the potential, but they got to go do it, you know, and uh, a lot of times in the National Football League, it's only those top, you know, elite of the elite really come in and just start balling from day one, but I don't see why Kirby can't carve out a role and, and, and learn.
learn behind some of the older cats and be really good both later in this year, next year, you know, things like that. I really like that player. And here's a question. Here's a hypothetical. Here's something that's a little iffy at safety. Now, (laughs) they've been playing iffy Melifonwu back at safety, and I love it. I mean, they really see this guy as a matchup piece. You know, they're not just going to make him a third, fourth corner. They're not going to just make him, you know, a big slot guy. They're trying to train him both at safety and play him all over the field so he can go guard those big tight ends. He can, um, you know, take care of different things from a coverage perspective. And I just want to see what he has. You know, he really seemed to show a couple flashes, but he was obviously injured a lot last year. So, again, it's one of those Lions players. You don't get a good look at year one. You're very optimistic in year two. But if he's got to show what he can do, he's got to come out and make plays. And I think if they train him at both spots and can use him as a matchup piece on defense, a chess piece, if you will, um, I think that's kind of where he can be most utilized and be the best he can be. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I want to talk about receivers real quick. Well, Logan Lamarandier will probably dialing up the hotline here anytime. Boom! There he is, right, right out point. I mean, I say Logan Lamarandier's calling. There he is. Detroit Kool Aid, Oakry. What up, Logan? <laughs> Logan, what's going on, man? How are you? Oh, good, dude. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I literally just said I'm I'm recording my first segment here, and I'm like, we'll probably have Logan Lamarandier dialing up here pretty soon. And bam! Before I <laughs> right before I finish the sentence, he dialed in the Kool Aid hotline. So. Got it. <laughs> Brother, we are live right now. I don't see any reason to not just roll with this thing like we always do talking football. So I told you that, hey, man, you come on. I might have some this or that's for you. I might have some over-unders that I want to get into. Because you know why, Logan? You want to know why I want to do that? Why? Because I want to put you on the spot. <laughs> I want to hear you oh, him and haw. I want to hear you say maybe this, but maybe that, and then have it uh, somewhere in the middle. That's what I love to do to you when I get a chance when you come right on the show. Right down the line. <laughs> so we'll do some of that, but what, what's going on with the Lions right now, in your opinion? What, what's what's top of your mind, or, or where are we at? I know we're kind of just going into the lull of the NFL calendar, but what's what's maybe one thing off the top that's got your brain going about the Detroit Lions? I think it's the new defense. Uh, I'm really interested to see just switching to a 4-3 uh, or 4-2 base, you know, with the heavy nickel packages. But for all the years that Patricia preached having a multiple defense, I think this is truly going to be a multiple defense this year. Just they have a few different players in Julian Aquara uh, and Houston and, um, you know, J- Jared Davis even. It sounds like they have guys who can be a Sam linebacker, kind of your third linebacker, when there are three linebackers on the field and a 4-3. And if the Lions want to do a change up and maybe from week to week they change, uh, those guys can also play on the edge a little bit more. So that's what I'm really looking forward to this defense, how it all works. Aaron Glenn, you know, I have confidence in him and what he's doing 
I just think he has more, a little bit more talent to work with this year, obviously with Aiden Hutchinson um, and Nakuda coming back, Deshaun Elliott, uh, Kirby Joseph. I, I'm not going to say the defense is even complete or anything like that, but uh, there's, there's more talent, young players coming back, guys coming back from injury. So I think the defense to me is that's what I'm most excited, excited about because if the defense is even average this year, I think it could really help the Lions out. That, that that's a great one by you off the top. I just got done talking about Iffy and cross trained at safety. I was talking about Josh Pascal a little bit. There's so many question marks on this defense when you talk about Mr. Okuda, Levi. What's what's Aleem McNeil going to be here in year two? People call him a leader of the room there on the defensive line. Then you got Pascal, you got Barnes, you've got uh, you know uh, Iffy, you've got uh, you got Kirby back there. You know all these young guys or second year guys. So I, I think you're right that. And the scheme on defense is going to be really intriguing. Of course, on this show, I mean, we drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. <laughs> and uh, we get all excited about that. But, uh, you know, we got to see what it looks like, you know, with all those new pieces and hope the guys that we're banking on come up, come around, you know, um, as they sure. as they head into those second years. So good call by you, man. I'm, I'm excited about this defense as well and, and can't wait to uh, see what happens. But you ready to get into some of these, uh, you know, decisions I'm going to make you make, maybe some proclamations for the Kool-Aid drinkers that you'll give <laughs> some uh, good stuff on here? <laughs> Yeah, let's let's just go for it. <laughs> Dude, I want to talk about one of your favorite guys ever. His name is Dion Dre Swift. <laughs> I think it's a guy that we battle out most times when you come on the show about what he can do, what he can't do. I, I want to know, do, do you think this guy has a breakout season? He's getting a lot of love in fantasy football, a lot of talk about using him in the passing game, a lot of the same things we hear every offseason about every pass-catching dynamic type running back. Logan Lamrandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions. Can this guy go over 1,500 all-purpose and really be dynamic this year and, and play more games than we expect? I mean, 1,500, I, that's a lot. That would be a great season by him, and I'd really, I'd really like if he did that. I think, um, you know, he just broke, what, 1,000 combined last year in total yardage. So I still think it's going to be a committee. Um I hope he's a little bit more involved in the passing game um, more so than he was last year. Cause I think that's where he does his best work this is where we always go back and forth. I, I don't think he's your true run between the tackles type of guys. You got to get him out on the edge and get him in space. And that's where he excels. So uh, to, to really put up a lot of yards, I think you have to be a workhorse type of back and one that can go up the gut. And um, that's just not really swift strong suit, but I still think he can be a, a weapon and put up good yardage, but 1,500 is a lot. So I, I would say I'm going to go with 700 on the ground. So it's a good season for him on the ground, getting getting the ball quite a bit. And then I'll do 600 in uh, receiving. So, yeah, put him at 1,300. So not too far off the 1,500 mark. Okay, okay, I like it. Uh, Logan Lamrandier, everybody, let's document. Planted his flag, not only on that he's going to be under, but gave us some numbers. I like it, I like it. Now I want to talk about this next guy. T.J. Hawkins. <laughs> like, T.J., he's probably going to be playing for a contract. It doesn't look like they're going to get anything done with him 
you know, there's some Kool-Aid drinkers out there that think this guy's the greatest player of all time, and he's already a top three type tight end. There's other people that think he doesn't stay healthy, he doesn't score many touchdowns, he sounds good, but we haven't seen any seam-ripping, big-time type plays really. He catches, falls down a lot. Um, TJ No Yakinson, I think somebody called him here on the Kool-Aid cast line, but is, is this guy going to score eight-plus touchdowns and just be a dynamic tight end this year, or does he fall in of underwhelming in 2022? I think there's a lot of targets to go around. I think eight touchdowns is fair. To that I could totally see that. He is one of the bigger targets they have, and he seemed to have a rapport with Jared Goff when he did play, and he only played and or started, what, seven games last year or something, or uh, 12. It was 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he, yeah, after missing a few games, I think – eight touchdowns is very reasonable. Um, I would feel comfortable. I, I bet that I feel like the Vegas line should be the over under probably seven and a half. Cause that's a, that's a good mark for him. And I tight ends typically, they take a little bit longer to develop and that's how it's always been. It's very rare that these tight ends come in and just like the league on fire right away. So this is going to be a year for him. I think whenever Jameson Williams comes back, but even DJ shark, having some guys that can that can go deep should be able to open up the field for Hawkinson because there's a time in the middle of last season where Hawkinson was really the only receiving option. That was kind of before Amonra St. Brown came on and I think Swift was dealing with some injuries, but it was literally just Hawkinson and teams. You would expect those games to be as biggest, but teams would just double cover him or bracket him and just take him out of the equation. I don't think they're going to be able to do that this year. They're going to get burned by someone else. So it's, there's going to be a little bit, I think, of spreading the ball around from week to week, and you don't know who's going to get it. But I, I think Hawkinson will be a focal point this year. And eight touchdowns, is, I think that's fair and right around where he should be if he plays all 16 or 17 games now. Do you think the Lions will ultimately pay number 88? <sighs> I think they do. But it's he's still not in – He's not a top five tight end in my mind, but he's he's knocking on that door. He needs to have one good season, uh, show that he's developed, kind of take over some games. And I think it's justifiable to pay him after that because you assume he's going to keep developing because that's what tight ends typically do. But I, I'm not I, – I don't know. I, I really want to play how – see how this season plays out before I'd pay him. So I'm kind of glad the Lions aren't paying him right now. Now it could come back to bite you if he has a blow-up season and then they have to pay him huge money. Mm-hmm. But but to me, I still think he has a lot to prove uh, before he gets paid top money. Yep, good stuff. The other thing is like the tight end franchise tag is never going to be up in the upper echelon of the other type positions, so it's one you can you can long play a little bit better. So I'm curious what they said. I've been a proponent of of paying him as well, just uh, based on what he's going to do versus what he has done type of thing. Um, now that you've got a better football team, more pass catchers, all the things you noted. Logan, here's a, here's a bonus one. Can you settle this for us? We had a caller call in Steve from Cali that said we need to call Mr. St. Brown AR 14. I've dubbed him on the show ARSB. And then we've got my guy chops in the D that said it should be Amon Ra. What, what do you think out of those three? What do you like best? <laughs> Just Amon Ra. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like AR-14. Uh, oh. <laughs> Come on. I got the that's, four that's initials. The, the ARSB f- flows better than AR-14. But I, I give it to Chops. I like just during the game being all hype, yelling, and then going, Amon Ra. 
<laughs> I just think it's funny. <laughs> you have to say it like that, though, because if you just say it normally, I'm on Ross, it's his name. So oh, to, I know. Yeah, I feel it's like all... there's more emphasis on that one. You have to say it right for it to be a true nickname. Oh, it's it's all the delivery. That's what makes it funny for sure. Yeah. So, all right, Stephen Kelly, you, you get that one from Logan. I, I still don't get AR-14. It's not really his first and last name. I don't know what the 14 is jersey, but it doesn't correlate to anything funny. So, I I don't know. We'll, we'll go with it. You get a point for that one. I I want to talk about this guy. I know I only got you for a limited time. And again, before I ask you this question, everybody... Um, we say it all the time. Go hit Logan up on Twitter, L Lamarandier. He's always putting out surveys, Lions content, uh, data, stats, whatever he's up to. Is always good stuff on the old Twitter machine. And then he's on Sports Illustrated All Lions articles. Sometimes you'll see him pop up on different videos. Huge show, whatever it may be. So definitely go check him out there. You know, Logan, I want to talk about this guy, Will Harris. I almost just did a half rant on him before you came on about how this guy couldn't cover it all at safety. He was just lost. He was always getting burnt, extra roasted, toasted, and extra crispy. And now I'm hearing all this hype that he's incredible at corner. (laughs) They just lock him up on -on one-on-one on the outside, and he's good all of a sudden. Like... The only thing I can think of is that maybe just thinking less and using his athleticism, but he wasn't really a cover corner at college or anything. So Will Harris at corner? I mean, is that better than the scrub Will Harris that we saw at safety? What say you? Well, he can't be much much worse at corner than he (laughs) was at safety. So (laughs) it's one of those things during training camp and just the off season where you know, everyone's in the best shape of their life. They're, everyone's posting workout videos and the hype machine is on full blast. Right. And you know, I make some plays and just shorts and t-shirts and everything's good. But yeah, I'm not going to really put much stock into it until I actually see it on the field. Um, and to me, I, I wasn't a big fan of Will Harris as a safety, just because I thought he lacked instincts. And I've always preached that instincts, I think is the most important attribute. But he's an a, athlete. like a single high. <laughs> he's yeah. got athleticism. Well, he does. He's a good <laughs> athlete, and that's why it makes sense for him to, to try out corner because maybe he doesn't have to think as much. You don't have to use as much instinct. It's just, hey, follow this guy here and you know, right. keep in his hip pocket, and the ball goes by you, turn in the head, which sometimes, Casey, that's not always very natural to find the ball or to play the ball in the air and understand you know, the cues that the receiver gives you that the ball is coming or where it's going if you're – um, in a bad position where you can't turn your head 180 degrees to find the ball. Um, so I think there's some learning there, but he has athleticism and especially the size to, to play corner. But to me, I, I almost feel like he should be what Melifanu, that role that they're kind of playing him in, where I think they can play maybe like a big slot type of role because that's definitely becoming more prominent in today's NFL with all the, the good tight ends out there and just the bigger slot guys that some teams have. But um, it's interesting if they keep him as an outside corner. I imagine he's pretty he's decent, at least at man press, you know, with some special teams and like Gunner defending and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I just don't have a lot of faith that Will Harris is going to turn out to be some great player. Maybe he can at least be a decent reserve at corner. But, again, I'm, I'm not – believe in all the hype right now that he's going to somehow turn around his career at corner because I, I think his instincts right now are just are lacking and those are not something that you can always develop. 
Exactly. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. We we like to be optimistic here on the Kool-Aid cast, but you are right. It is a crazy hype season. Everybody's playing great, perfect, and uh, I haven't seen this guy make a play on the football this whole time. He's willing to tackle a little bit, and he makes no money, so I'd rather keep Will Harris around than some other stiff you get from the bowling alley uh, to come in here and play. But, um, you know, he's really got to show some things to be both good at corner safety or uh, hand out Gatorade. You know, one of the three is probably where he'll be most of the time this year. Let, let me ask you this, dis or dat? I mean, uh, Derek Barnes or, or Chris Board starting at safety next to Fabio with the uh, with the hair there at uh, at our linebacker position? <laughs> you know, I prefer Derek Barnes just because the Lions invested and traded up to get him in the fourth round, and you've seen the flashes that he can make, and just he's a missile once he gets on track uh, against the run, and he had a lot of development, and we knew he did, being a former edge player, that he had a lot of development in the passing game and the pass defense, and he struggled there last year. Um, and there was a lot of plays where he was just a few inches away from you know, getting his hand on the ball or just being in the right spot. So I think he can develop there. But Chris Board is a relative unknown as well, contributing more on defense. He's always been a special team type of player, and that's that's good. And maybe Chris Board is more of a natural uh, pass defender, and that will help him out. But it, I can't say a ton on Chris Board just because I haven't really seen him play much defense. So it's interesting that the Lions are giving him some looks with the number ones. Uh, if I would, if I were coaching, I'd be trying to just give Derek Barnes as much opportunity as possible and to keep him learning and progressing to build upon at least flashes of what we saw last year that were, looked like a really nice linebacker. So that's what you hope he can keep developing and that's, he needs playing time, I think, to do that. So that's my hope would be Derek Barnes, but you know, sometimes those veterans, uh, and Dan Campbell isn't shy about saying it, whoever plays the hardest and plays the best is going to play. And I don't think he necessarily cares about status. Right. Quick, quick piggyback follow up, uh, if I may, uh, better spelling of Derek D E R R I C K or D E R E K. I like your version better. <laughs> <laughs> it's much more straightforward. I mean, I, the, why we got Rick at the end of our name? I mean, it's just D E R E K. Let's keep it simple. Let's, uh, let's go. Derek. There. So, there we go. You, uh, you at least nailed one of the polls I gave you so far. The ARSB is, uh, you know, you can think about that one and let me know. Um, <laughs> let, only a couple more for you because I know you're a busy man. Your time's limited, but it's always fun talking ball with you. Let's talk about this guy named Hutch, Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, baby. Hold on. I got that here somewhere. Soundboard's not working. Oh, baby! <laughs> there it is. Uh, this guy is getting rave reviews. I mean, people love him. His teammates love him. They say he looks bigger. He looks stronger. He's faster. He's got better bend. All the good stuff we want to hear right now. Over, under, six sacks for Hutch in 2022. I'm going over on that. And I, I do think that six is probably conservative just really depends on how much he's on the edge and how much they want to move him inside. So the Lions have plenty of, you know, potential on the edge. Whereas on the inside, I, I think both Levi and Aleem will fit better in this new defense, like a, an attacking style defense. They're both explosive players. Uh, beyond that, I think Michael Brockers last year wasn't a great year. I, I typically at his age, he's not getting any better 
So I think they're kind of lacking a little bit of juice on the inside of Aiden Hutchinson's one of their best options to kind of slide inside and still is able to do damage. Maybe he lines up there a little bit more. And Josh Pascal, I, I think he'll probably do the same thing, but it really just all depends on how much he's on the edge uh, because typically when you're on the edge, you get more sacks. So I, I would go over, though, on six sacks for Hutchinson. I, I think he's going to, you know, just hustle his way into some. I just put it at that number for me personally just because – I've been documented on here saying he doesn't have to be a numbers guy. If he gives us the pressures, he gives the hustle, the leadership, you know, six sacks for a rookie would would be nice with some pressures and a couple turnovers and things like that. Um, so I think he's going to do all that and hopefully more. But I, I don't need to throw him up in double digits from day one and think that's got to be it or else because – I, I like everything about him before the draft, during, and now after as well. So uh, let, let me sneak one in about Levi Onzerike, a.k.a. Big Denim. <laughs> like, this guy is getting hyped too. Best shape of his life. He's a beast. He's all rocked up, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I mean, we didn't even see this guy last year. We You kind of liked him. You liked where they took him. He kind of had... Uh, you know, all this pass rush ability, he's just going to blow up people, you know, uh, mess some bleep up, I think is what he kept saying. And I didn't see any of that last year. So does Levi just come on the scene and by early this year, we're like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that he's a ball player. Or is this hype going to kind of dimmer out for him, too, because he's going to take a big leap to get up to what everybody's making him out to be here in the off season. Yeah, he had a rough year and he actually was one of my probably one of my least favorite draft picks of last year at where they took him. I thought he was kind of like a late day, uh, second round or late second round pick. And I actually had McNeil ranked ahead of Levi. I, I just think, uh, Onzerike for being the gap shooter style of player he is, his 10 yard split wasn't anything impressive. And the Lee McNeil actually had a faster 10 yard split despite being 40 pounds heavier. So I, I think Onzerike on film, you saw him being very disruptive when he's able to kind of shoot gaps. And I think that's what he's going to do this year. So I think really by default, he should probably be more productive. Um, but again, I just, I don't know if he'll ever be a true game changer or anything like that. I just think he's going to have a very specific role of what he needs to do to kind of fill his strengths. I, again, the hype machine's rolling full steam ahead right now, you know, yeah. Healthiest he's ever been best shape of his life. You, you hear it every off season. <laughs> And uh, I, I like Levi, and I think he will do a lot better this year, but I'm not expecting greatness either by any means. So in short, what Logan's saying about some of this hype. Okay, Kool-Aid drinker and, you know, cornbread muffin and all that. <laughs> uh, slow, slow it down a little bit. But I think, man, you got to admit, you got to be excited about Hutch, about Big Denim, about Plump, about Pascal, about, you know, the other big bodies they got up front. I mean, I think it's a it's you know, you like the character, the hustle, the the, the beefiness, the ability to to bully people around. I think it's going to be pretty fun to watch. To me, it's those corners you know, linebackers and safeties that I just really need to see to come together to uh, to make this a, a defense. But I think the, the, the boys up front are going to get after it. Yeah, and that's the big thing. I think I feel like there's a lot of potential with this defense, but potential doesn't always equate to instant success or, you know, finding that full potential uh, all together at once this year. And I think that's where some fans kind of get that uh, – that win projection total up a little higher than I would 
typically say it is just because I think the defense still does have a long ways to go and there is potential and there's a lot of young talent there, but um, a lot of, you know, ifs or what ifs are going to have to come together and it's going to have to be the perfect storm. I feel like for this talent of defense to kind of all come together and be a great unit. But I think average an average unit is still a step in the right direction compared to where they were last year. And it'd be really nice to see guys like Akuda and some of the younger players really kind of come into their own and at least see a future uh, around that they could be here long-term in Detroit and pieces to build around. Over under game four before JMO hits the field, Jameson Williams. I'm going over. I I think they're going to play it slow with him as, as they should. There's no reason to really rush him back. It's, it'd be tough. It's going to be tough not to because you want to see what you have. But I, I think the Lions are going to play it smart, and they know that they're not in a hurry uh, and don't need to take any chances with him uh, and make sure that he's strong enough and just fully recovered. And unfortunately, it was a late-season injury last year, and despite how fast he looks like he's recovering, I, again, it's just I don't feel like there's a need to risk it, and I sounds kind of like Dan Campbell's on the same page. Hmm. Okay. Uh, interesting, disappointing, depressing, but interesting. Um, <laughs> let, let, let me ask you about Mr. Okuda to get us out of here. To me, he's the biggest wild card kind of on this team. He's picked third overall. Most people wrote him off long ago that he's no good. He forgot how to play football. He looks yoked up. He's he's running around. He's not in every you know live. He's not in the live drills necessarily, but he looks like he's ready to go. The workout videos are looking sharp and. Uh, you know, I think myself and the Kool-Aid drinkers and the Lions fans need to be optimistic that this guy comes back and is good, average, whatever you want to call it to start, and uh, everything above that is a total bonus with this player. If you had to just say now, by the end of the year, are we going to be saying Mr. Okuda is, you know, a contributor, helpful, average, great, um, way better than we thought. What, what would you throw on it? Just as projecting this player out, what he's going to come, you know, he's going to be healthy, ready to go. So what has he got? Yeah, I was a big fan of Akuda pre-draft and I still am. I still think there's a ton of talent there and has fluid hips. And um, it, what's unfortunate is that because he was a corner and he was taken in the top three, even if he was perfectly healthy for the first two years of his career, it's tough to live up to that draft status as a corner because you're expected to be elite. And um, I, I thought he could be that player. And, you know, I, I've lessened, I guess, the, the, my long-term outlook on that, where I still think he can be a nice player. Achilles injuries, though, they can be really tough. You never know how a player is going to come back. And it looks like he's progressing well, which is great. Um, but in year one, dealing with that core muscle injury that he had, being in literally probably the worst system for a cornerback <laughs> you can possibly in that even guys like Darius Slake <laughs> struggled in, uh, that can't be easy for a rookie. And so last year I, I felt like it was going to be his year. And unfortunately it only took a little over a quarter before that, um, one quarter of a single football game before he tore his Achilles. So it's just hoping that, you know, he comes along and I, I think he will. I think he'll be a good corner this year. Good meaning average, a little bit above average. People are going to be happy with it. Going to be just ho-hum. I think there's still going to be plenty of people that 
will say, oh, he's not living up to the, the his draft status, so he's a bust, even though he might be a decent quarterback. So I, I'm still thinking he's going to be a solid cornerback that, you know, you want to see more from in the future. And this, you just see some development in this game. And um, I'm, I'm not going to call him a lockdown corner or anything like that. I think he'll probably be similar to maybe like what Amani Aruaria did last year. Maybe not as many interceptions. Cause sometimes that's just a product of luck a little bit and being in the right spot at the right time. But um, I'll go with, you know, that, that type of corner and maybe not as many interceptions. Yeah, I, I really hope he's a little bit better than expected. I think that really helped this defense. I think I love his mindset. He's kind of no nonsense, but I think he does love these coaches. And again, Logan Lamarindier had to prove that he's smarter than everybody by saying AO's full name when really it should just be this. Oh baby. AO. I hope he has another ball out here. Hope they pay him as well. Logan, man, did I forget to promote in your stuff? You got anything big coming up? I, I said I'd only keep you about 20. We, we just went a little bit over that, but uh, time flies when we were talking Lions football. So anything else you want to get in before you get up out of here? It does, and it's tough to condense everything down in these shorter segments. But, no, man, you about hit it. I mean, being the off season, my uh, busy life at home right now, I don't have any major prods projects i'm working on right now but si all lines go check it out there's always content just rolling in and out of there and a lot of fan engagement it's uh, a lot of fun there's a lot of different perspectives so i think we cover all the bases over there and um but yeah si all lines you can just google it uh my personal twitter at lamarandier or logan underscore lamarandier on instagram that's just mostly stats and then the detroit lions lowdown on facebook is the facebook page where Again, you can find everything from SIL Lions. Well, thank you, man. We did it. A live call in. See, people, it's that simple. You just dial up 989. 989- 272 Kevin Smith Herman Moore 3484 and you get right in and uh, you can talk here on the podcast so Logan man uh, thank you so much everybody go check out Sports Illustrated All Lions and uh, can't wait to talk to you again man next time you be on it will be what end of July training camp we're about to get rolling football will be right around the corner can't wait to do it man good luck with those twins years that are probably running you yeah. around everywhere well, they're not moving around too much, but, yeah, the three-year-olds keep me busy as well. So <laughs> I appreciate it, man. <laughs> All right. Take care, Logan. Thanks, man. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? 
It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Alright everybody, so there he was, Logan Lamarandier, Sports Illustrated, All Lions. I think between that, let, I just want to give, I'll give you a little bit here on the back end. It's about to talk about the receivers before Logan called in. And the thing I'm wondering is just can DJ Chark, and you guys know what this name guy's name is, right? ARSB, and Josh Reynolds, Chops' favorite wide receiver, can those three be good enough right out the gate, right from game one, to help this offense be explosive, or is it going to have to wait until JMO? Jamison Williams comes. You heard Logan say it's going to be probably week six after Thanksgiving, whatever it is. Gosh, I understand being safe, but if this guy's ready and he can get hurt anytime, any day, so if he's ready, the doctors clear him. I don't know why the coaches wouldn't get him up ready to roll and say, hey, young fella, go deep. We'll throw it to you. And let him make plays. So I'll be curious to see how dynamic chart Saint and Reynolds can be early on there. And uh, hopefully they can they can hold it up before 18 gets out there and really starts showing defenses some things. Um, the other thing to me, golf. It's all about golf. Um, Jared Goff, I mean... He's talking a good game. Everybody's saying he can actually throw um, and that he's looking good out there, which is good because I hope he plays well. Um, but uh, he's got to be a, ten, a ton better, a ton better. I mean, people can talk about those last few games all they want early on. He didn't know this or that. or I mean, he's throwing wobbly ducks all year, and he's not a dynamic runner. He's not dynamic in the pocket. He can hit you when you're open if you're only eight yards past line of scrimmage. But I need to see some dynamic deep balls in tiny windows. I need to see him avoid pressure a little bit better. I need to see, uh, I don't know, tight spirals. Did I mention that? I need to see the ability to lead when the lights are brightest. So it's all about Jared Goff for me. If all these other players that we're talking about on defense, offense, are playing great, and 16 comes out and has a clunker of turnovers, not doing what he needs to, uh, it's, it's not going to happen. You know, you need a dynamic quarterback. And, I mean, as much as I'm rooting for him, as much as – you know, I still want that dynamic rookie next year. I really want to move on, but if he shows me something this year and the players love him and he he wins us big ball games late in the fourth quarter and he shows that he can throw and he shows that he can, um, you know, use all these weapons that we have, then, yeah, I you know, if the Lions love him that much too, I'm willing to go another year or two with him. But um, to me, it's all about him. He's going to make it go or not go this season. And Lions fans, I mean, training camp starts, they have like a window, July 18th through the 26th, somewhere in there it's going to start, I would assume kind of in the, you know, July 20th or later is usually when they get going, usually towards the end, so it'd probably be like 24th, 25th, 26th if I had to guess, right at the end of July there, HBO Hard Knocks will be in the house, everybody regardless of when they start, you're going to be hearing this on about the 22nd of June, that's like a month away, and NFL training camps across the country will be going. You gotta be excited about that. You gotta 
drink that Detroit Kool-Aid when I bring that up. Drink it in, man. So get excited, Kool-Aid drinkers. Be optimistic. Tell everybody it's going to be a different season for the Lions. It's a different Lions team that's being built. We hope they take a big leap forward. I hope they stay healthy, and I hope they are dynamic. I want to thank Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated for All Lions for jumping on the Kool-Aid hotline to talk some football today. Always fun when he comes on about once a month or so. And I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.